Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. Hey parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Panetti, and we're continuing an interview that we had with Dr. Jeremiah Johnston, PCA's Dean of Spiritual Development. Such an important and crucial conversation that we're having about all things worldview, uh, and just something that uh, we really take seriously here at uh, PCA. So glad to have uh, Jeremiah Johnston on staff, uh, and I've been doing this for 19 years, so it's really, really a fundamental issue uh, that we've been training our staff and our students in, and how to have a biblical worldview, and how to have really important conversations about things that matter. So let's join this interview in progress. The election that just happened recently across the country, um, so many pro-abortion candidates got Mm -hmm. elected, and this is a huge issue, right? Since the Dobbs decision, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, um, states now get to look at the issue of pro-life, right, and abortion, and they get to decide what is our state going to do? A number of states, right, are going away from life, right, towards death, and, and this totally. is such such an Death important... Death on demand. And, and here's the deal, right? It's it's great that we get to have the conversation. I'm, I'm so glad that we overturned the you know Supreme mm-hmm. Court case that said, you can't even have the conversation. We're going to take it away from the states. But we do need to understand, not everybody lives in Texas. That's right. <laughs> there, there are people who live in other you know states, and, and those states, this is a major issue that, that from a Christian perspective, we're losing the sanctity of life, the value and the dignity of human life, of being able to protect life from the very beginning at its most innocent, most precious mm-hmm. time, right, in the womb of a mother. Right. And if we're not going to protect life then, we're, we're obviously not going to protect it at the end, right? And we're definitely not going to have any value of it in the middle. So it's a really important thing. And I think that's why having you come here and elevate our faith integration of a biblical worldview in the classroom to make sure that we're addressing all of these issues from pre-K through 12th grade at, at age-appropriate levels. Absolutely. We're, we're, yep. Yeah, we're not talking LGBTQ issues no. right, with our second graders, but we are talking about the difference between God's design yes. and man's desire, right? That God designed male and female. We want our kids to know that, right? That gender and sexuality are important. And in the world, they're hearing a much, much different message. And, and, yes. and that's a super important thing for us to be able to to navigate at a, at a private Christian school that we're here at, is to make sure that our kids, when they walk out these doors, they have a solid biblical worldview that whatever the issue is that the world throws at them, they're ready to navigate it through the Word and through the lens of Scripture. Absolutely, and we are intentional about that at every age level. Absolutely. You and I served on a task force to create a worldview planner. Yes. And we. this is something that if, if I ever have 30 seconds to talk about PCA, Prestonwood Christian Academy, I will talk about the Worldview Planner. Yeah, we do an amazing Worldview event, but you and I both know it's what happens with the teacher or the coach at PCA that's going to be the most influential. I had kind of a tough day um, a few days ago, and I came home from work, and, you know, it's just one of those days that we all have. A lot, a lot of unexpected things happened. And I see my son Jackson, who's the youngest of the triplets, and he is reading the Bible out loud. And at first, I was just cool to hear him read because mm-hmm. he's just re- recently yep. got to read. 
But he made a point to tell Audrey, Miss Mitchell has taught me that there is something different about the Bible. The Bible is God's word. It is different from all other books. And he wanted to go sit by the pool and read the Bible. I'm not making this up. I mean, it gives me, I have video of it. And I thought, wow. And so to your point, from the earliest ages, we are instilling a love for God and a love for God's word that you and I both know these kids are going to carry the rest of their lives. That's right. I am amazed at how early, and I know this is like watching paint dry for you because you know all these things, but the majority of us don't. I mean, worldview starts to form as early as 18 months. You know, by age 13, usually a worldview is locked in. Now, the cool thing about that, for any of us who have kids that are over 13 like I do, oh, no, what did I do wrong? Our worldview can change. And so our teachers are doing that. And so you and I served on this task force where every unit of learning that we're teaching has to have also a mirrored worldview planner with recourse in four key areas of worldview, where whether we're talking about death and dying at grade 12 or Coach Felix, who is our son's PE teacher in kindergarten, has a worldview planner for gym class. I mean, that's how cool this is. And the other cool thing, Dan, it allows us to identify teachers that are not interested in worldview. And that allows us to make changes, too. Well, it's interesting because I I just, I mean, our parents um, listened to the podcast that I did with Aaron Williams. Yes. Talking about anxiety. And when you just said, you know, that Coach Felix has a worldview for our PE class. Can I tell you how important that is? Please. When when Paul writes about, in 1 Thessalonians, right, 523, he says that we're body, we're soul, and we're spirit. And sometimes we forget the importance of the body. Right. And when we talk about anxiety, one of the major factors in dealing with addressing anxiety is getting up and being healthy. Go outside, go for a walk. Right. Um, watch what you eat, right? Mm-hmm. One of the major you know, triggers for anxiety is caffeine. Yeah. And I say our kids walking around with these drinks, <laughs> right? You know, Celsius, and they're like yeah. you know, 90 you know, gallons of, of caffeine. <laughs> but, but the important thing from a worldview perspective, and this is what you, know, this is what you and I do, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> from a worldview perspective to remind our families of saying, hey, listen, we're not talking about just opening up the Bible and reading it. We're talking about how do you take the Bible and applying it to the way that you live your life to getting exercise. And you're like, how is exercise a worldview issue? And it's like, because your body is important. Amen. God gave you a body. He created you. He created you male and female. So gender is important, right? All of that weaves into, and here's the deal. The world runs counter to all that. So what does the world tell you? The world tells you your body's not important. Right. Your feelings are important. So right. if, you're, if you're a male in a male body, but you feel like a woman, right? Now my mm-hmm. feelings trump my body. Right? The Bible says just the opposite. Or you can self-medicate at any or, time. Exactly. Right? So that's, that's, that's the important part right, that we're trying to help our parents understand is all of these conversations are biblical worldview conversations. When you tell your son and daughter, hey, you need to go take a nap. Yes, it's healthy. It, it, it is. It's healthy. Because, I need a nap. Because you need rest. <laughs> That's right. Yes, right. I mean, rest is a part of it. Do we make great decisions when we're tired? And the answer is no, we don't. Do we act normal when we're tired? I mean, Snickers has made a whole commercial out of this. Right. right. You need a Snickers? Angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you angry? So that's, those are biblical worldview components that, that we're making sure that our teachers are instilling Right in our in the youngest grades, all the way up, and in every class, and they're doing a great job yes. of it. I mean, the, this these are the unsung heroes, and our coaches too. Yeah. 
mini mester, a love for the mm. world, a love for missions. That's right. Here's another fun, delicious detail. I was with Pastor Graham recently, and I, I mean, again, I am worried about my kids understanding the importance of the tithe. Mm. Like my, my, and the tithe is giving 10% of our income at our local church. And recently, Justin, my 11-year-old, we were driving around, he's like, now, Dad, when I join Prestonwood, Prestonwood Church someday, do I have to give 10%? And it was like a horror to him to try think it. that, because he's tighter than bark on a tree. <laughs> with his allowance, I was like, well, son, no, we want to support yeah. what God's doing. And there's 150 ministries, and it opened up this great conversation. Mm. But then I realized my kids have never touched an offering plate. And I had a meeting with Pastor Graham, and I said, Pastor, I know that we've had record everything at the church, everything is going great, but I said, how are we showing generosity to our children? I want them to have an offering. Because one thing I remember is when I worked construction, Dan, when I was uh, during my freshman year of college is the first time I ever started tithing. And I would get paid every Friday. Um, and I was the lowest on the totem pole, the demolition crew. It, you know, it's the dumbest person works on the demolition crew. But I remember I got paid every Friday, and I was so excited to start giving back to God. And I knew to do that because of offerings at church and my parents instilling that in me. And I'm so excited that our church has brought back the offering plates. And again, that's no slam on anyone else's church no, no, that but hasn't. It, okay, but, but it is important. And, and yeah. the reason why is, right? I mean, I think about the Old Testament, and to me, it's a physical picture of a spiritual reality. That's a great point. And, and, and just such, right, those physical pictures, right? You see the nation of Israel and God constantly saying to them, hey, um, why don't you set up a monument here? Yeah. And it's like, why? Um, because <laughs> yes. when the next generation comes back and they see that set of stones over there and they say, what is that for? And stone you tell remembrance. Them. Right. And you tell them, right? Here's the Ebenezer stone. Here's what God mm-hmm. did. And you constantly talk about what God did. It's, it's not that the offering plate is important. It's that you have an opportunity to see. Absolutely. Right. And to be reminded that giving back to God because he's given to you. And, and sometimes we forget everything, right? When I, when I look at the bank account and I see the money, sometimes I forget where it came from. That's right. It came from God. All of it. All of it. Right. And so the tithe isn't a, oh, do I have to give? It's, well, here's the deal. God didn't have to give you anything That's either. That's right. Right. So all of this is out of his generosity and he wants you to have a generous And heart. it's an act of trust. That's what I told Justin. Mm. You know, we trust the reminder. Lord yep. with the rest. And, and it's amazing to me that, that we can teach generosity. But guess what? It's not going to happen by accident. No. This is, again, so whether we're talking Israel or LGBTQ or an offering or physical bodies, these are worldview issues yes. that we, and Dan, I want to say this, and I hope it doesn't sound too bold, but I have felt led to say it lately. Every dad is the pastor of their home. That's right. I'm a pastor, but I'm not the pastor of your home. If you're a dad watching or listening to this show, Jonathan Edwards said this, every family's a church and the dad's the pastor. And Pastor Graham says it all the time. Every member is a minister. That's right. And, and right. Who, who am I ministering to? My family first. You know, but I've been studying, you know, if dad will come to church, 90% of the family follows. Amen. It's And again, moms, I mean, I've written chapters, voluminous chapters on the importance of women in the church, centrality of women in Jesus's ministry. But I've been really focusing on this thing that, man, if dad starts taking his devotion seriously, yep. suddenly it's a family issue. Yep. Uh, if dad prays a little more regularly, wow, family takes note of that. The dads, that's the way God designed it. And so I'm constantly asking myself, and I'm also asking for forgiveness. 
um, for times that I didn't take a worldview opportunity. And so recently I had an opportunity to pray what I call a short, powerful prayer with Justin, and I I missed that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And the Lord later, as the Holy Spirit does, um, convicted me. Mm And that's where I started this thing with my kids called Short Powerful Prayers. We don't have to pray a long time. And that gave rise to my whole recent sermon at Prestonwood, pray shorter. Pray shorter. (laughs) But we can pray about everything. And most prayers in the Bible are short. But, man, if you're hurting, we can take 10 seconds and pray over you. And can I just say that, like, that's changed a lot in our family. Like, we're now praying these quick prayers, and they're meaningful to us. And it's not such a big deal to pray. It's just part of, like, breathing. And so— But can I—a lot of our conversations with people, right, are short, quick, profound, meaningful, just that constant touch, right, where I don't don't need to have a four-hour conversation. Exactly. If I do, we can. Right. But a lot of it is just, you know, hey, what's going on? Right, and God— Or you're going to make it. Right. Good job. Yeah, that concept of God's like, hey, listen, touch in with me constantly, all the time. Right, I don't, I don't need forty-five minutes of you waxing eloquently in some other exactly. language. Right, I need exactly. you to be open, to be honest, to 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 be clear and concise. And and so, you know, your your sermon that you did on prayer was very powerful. Well, it was out of the laboratory of my own life yeah. of a conviction. <laughs> I just of, share I, what I'm learning. I need to do this. I'm one yeah. one step ahead, and that's where as parents we can be honest too with our kids and yeah. say, hey, we don't need to, you know, this is this is a five-minute deal you know, or less, but let's let's make it count. And then I do take opportunities, like when the kids pray for, you know, something dumb, like their Christmas list, say, you know, what are we really praying about here? Totally. You know, let, not that it's dumb to pray for Christmas, but you know what I mean. Like, let's pray for things that matter, yeah. too. Yeah. And not just what you want. Exactly. Right? What does and God the, want for you? Yes. How does God, how is God doing something in you? I was just talking to a couple of students the other day about highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. a lot of, a lot of parents sit down and, you know, hey, what's your high for the day? What's your low for the day? And I was telling him, I said, I think there's another step that's needed to be added to that. And that's the concept of why. Why is that your high? Why is that mm. your low? And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I was like, give me a high. And the kid's like, well, I got 100 on a test. I was like, well, did you study? Right? And then they're mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? I was like, well, if you got 100 and you didn't study, that's not good because you didn't learn something. Right. right? If you got an 80 and studied really hard, right, maybe you learn. So I'm just like... That's a concept that our parents really need to understand is, it, you know, these short little conversations. Dig one step deeper, though. That's ask, good. Ask them why. What's, what's going on? And then help them direct. And then the concept is sometimes a low really isn't a low. It's an opportunity to see what God's going to do with that. Right. right? It was a negative. I didn't, I didn't make the team. Well, okay, maybe we can try harder. Maybe God's got something different for exactly. you. Exactly. So That's really good. Yeah. And I think that all of... This is where worldview get what I like about this conversation we're having and we've been having in these programs. Worldview is everything. Yes. And so we need to take opportunities every chance we can to talk about our worldview, our spouses. I mean, I, I mentioned in that same one of the same sermons when my wife wanted, I, she was my girlfriend, Audrey at the time, when she wanted to end our day praying together. Dan, I had never had a date end that way. That was a worldview issue for me. <laughs> and I world- thought, I'm try. not letting this redhead go because she wants to end praying together. Yeah. You know, again, and so I'm able now to tell my kids, man, those are the kind of people you need to be looking to marry someday. And people that love Jesus, yeah. that want to pray together with yeah. you, even when you're 17 and 20 years old. Yeah, I just talked to the, the boys over at uh, PBC uh, in their you know youth ministry. Yes. And I said, if you're dating somebody and they're not getting closer to Christ because of your mm-hmm. dating them, then you're not dating right. That's right. Because that, that's what dating and that's what marriage exactly. is all about. Right? My, my job is to move Trisha from where she is closer to Christ because of me serving her. Right. Right. So when her when her father, God, my father in law, mm-hmm. comes up and says, Hey Dan, how are you doing with my daughter? 
Amen. Right? Every year I need to have those check-ins and say, hey, is Trisha better because of me walking alongside her? Right. Right? That's a wor- Dating is a worldview issue. It is. All of it is. <laughs> All and of it is a worldview issue. It's not a class. It's not a course. It's a lifestyle of Christian and again, And it's not a verse that we stick on top of something. No. Slap a verse on right. something. That does more damage, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, oh boy, is there a topic that we couldn't talk about? Yeah, then? And the no. answer is no. Let's keep going. But, right, <laughs> but we, we, well, here's the deal. We helped our parents understand um, about you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some great resources. We're going to put those in the show notes. Parents can do that. Um, uh, is there anything else you want to share with them on that perspective uh, that you just want to connect with them? Yeah, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and keep sharing this podcast because this is, every conversation you have comes back to worldview. And it does. so I want to encourage you. I mean, every one of our parents at PCA, and our, I was talking about this with, with Dr. Goddard and Dr. Graham. I mean, we touched twelve to 15,000 people through PCA when you had like grandparents yeah. and ath- athletes and fans, all that. Everyone needs to be listening to this show. So the one immediate action item would be share this. Share it on social media. Text it out to your friends. You know, we're all podcast junkies now. This should be a regular listen, uh, a regular watch, because we're learning what's going on in the life of our school. The second thing is get involved. Come to Pride of Brothers, Society of Sisters, if you're in middle school. Come to chapels. We do over 200 chapels here. Have Mm. you been to one? You can come. We'd love to have you. Okay. Um, let your, you know, bring your influence to bear. It can't be just us, Dan and I and others in the faculty. We want you to jump on board and be part of the community more. I'm not talking about just giving a check or showing up and rooting in the stands. I mean, we need, we have some great, the best asset we have are our parents. Yeah. And we have Christians that are towing the line as moms and dads, and we want to learn from you as well. So we need you to get involved. And so, man, we want to see you here. We want to see you around campus. We want to, if you feel led to speak, there's so many opportunities to share and serve and exemplify this for our kids. In other words, you know, Dan, if you say something, my kids are going to think you're a complete genius. If I say it, I'm an idiot. I'm just their dad. It's totally true. (laughs) Sometimes our kids need to hear things. A concert of voices. Yeah. Yeah, right? literally. Which, which we go back to that three-legged stool. When totally. The, when the church, the home, and the, and the school like, are saying the same I'm thing. Si- I'm driving in my truck. I'm like, well, I've only been telling you that for 10 years. Why is it gospel? Because you heard Trisha Panetti say it at the middle school retreat. Yep. You know? Like, yep. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that, that's by the true. way. These, are the, that, like, are, yeah, these are the thoughts great. coming through my mind. Yeah. And, you know, but but, but it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from the influence of mom no, and dad. No, not sitting, in any way. Sitting at home, having that We're conversation. We're sowing the seed. Others. But it clicked. And... And that's where also just being in proximity here. Yeah. Um, there's something about proximity. You know, there's so many studies about our five closest friends and relationships. True. I want my kids to be in proximity where they win spiritually. And yeah. so, Dan, I mean, I want you to keep doing shows, too, about why we need to monitor our friends' families. That's okay to do. That's not being judgmental. You know, I have a lot more I want to learn from you in the way of... You know, my kids are like, well, such and such friend, even here at PCA, can basically sleep with their phone and have it on 24 hours a day. And we have to keep reminding our kids, well, that's not our family value. So, you know, and it's okay. That doesn't mean we're judging them. Doesn't mean we think we're better. That's our value. And so it's okay to have family values as well. So anyways. Amen. Well, Jeremiah, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for the conversation. Can't wait for our next one on whatever other issue comes our our way. I'm glad you had me back. It's been two years. I was wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it.
Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.